Thanks for joining GFC and Online, where we're taking a little bit of the online world and reserving it as a place for you to connect to God, connect to your neighbor. I'm Josh, I'm your host today. We'll be looking at the book of Daniel and apocalyptic prophecy. Stay tuned, thanks for joining. Every week we look at a memory verse, and that memory verse changes every month. This is our last time with this memory verse. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. The first person to record themselves saying that memory verse and post it online, tag Gainesville First Church of the Nazarene, you'll receive a free $10 Chick-fil-A gift card. But let's look at Daniel. Daniel 7, 1 through 20. Daniel 7, 1 through 20. I had the pleasure of sitting at a table with Carol Newsom for a whole semester in seminary. Carol Newsom is the leading person, uh, leading theologian and scholar on the book of Daniel. And... Um, there's so many things about Daniel that we could talk about. But before we look at Daniel, I want to say something about uh, prophetic literature. So there's all different kinds of prophetic literature in Scripture. We have what's considered classic prof- prophecy, and we have apocalyptic prophecy. And these are different than what you might think of in, when people say the former prophets or the latter prophets. Uh, or the major or minor prophets, that's a little bit different. So um, don't think of it that way, but uh, this is a type of genre, not a categorization of books. Uh, So this genre, classic prophecy, classic prophecy recognizes that there's something wrong in humans. So this might be like if you, most of, the issues that happened through Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Kings, that's issues about humans. There's something wrong with humans. And oftentimes in classic prophecy, there's a, a call to repent, a call to turn to the Lord. There's repetition of repenting and turning throughout Scripture. And specifically when it's the genre of classic prophecy, it repeats those lines over and over again. Uh, and... The, in classic prophecy, the, the word of the Lord that's given re, is regarding Israel's unfaithfulness. So the issue that's around here is that uh, they've been un, Israel's been unfaithful. Maybe they've uh, turned to apostasy. So that means like turned away from God, have been unfaithful to God, and worshipped other uh, religious deities. And the primary concern in classic prophecy is with Israel and Judah's judgment. Not the world, not other people necessarily, but is concerned with Israel and Judah. And so that's always the call to repent, the call to turn. And in classic prophecy, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, there's a criticism of a way of life. There's a criticism of how they're acting. Sometimes there's a criticism about priests or the way they worship, but there's some sort of criticism. You've not done what's right. You've not done what's holy. Repent. Turn away from that thing that you've done and turn towards God. 
And then after the criticism, there's some sort of energizing idea or, or, uh, or calling that calls people into a new way of life. And so I think of like when we looked at Micah, there was a criticism of the way the priests interacted and held sacrifices and the way they worshipped. And then there was energizing in a new way of life, and that new way of life imagined uh, a world of love and hope and mercy and that was completely faithful to God. So that's classic prophecy. But Daniel, Daniel doesn't fit in the categories of classic prophecy. Apocalyptic prophecy, that's, that's Daniel. That's what that genre is in. And apocalyptic prophetic um, scripture and literature is different in that it's not concerned with Israel's faithfulness or infidelity. That's not the issue. It's, there's not, it's not something wrong with one person, one group of people, but apocalyptic prophecy says there's something wrong with the world. There's something wrong with the very fabric and makeup and the structures of this world that has come together. Something is wrong with it. And apocalyptic prophecy is concerned with justice and judgment in the world, not just within the specific tribe of Judah or within the nation of Israel. It's concerned with the overall scheme, the overall uh, vision of what happens in the world. And always in apocalyptic prophetic genre, there's a joining, well, not always, but most of the time, there's a joining of heavenly and earthly realms. So either with a messenger coming or with some sort of vision, uh, sometimes it's a dream sequence. So if you think of, um, most people don't think of the, the story of Noah as an apocalyptic uh, prophetic piece, but it does have the similar themes that appear throughout apocalyptic literature. So Noah, there's, there's a vision and then there's something that's wrong with the world as a whole. And then world, the world collapses. In order to remake it, it must the, in order for things to be made right, the structures that are wrong must fall away. And that points us into the next session. There's in apocalyptic literature, there's an overthrowing of evil power in the world. And that overthrowing oftentimes is paired with destruction of the, the powers in the world that are just wrong. They're not pieced together right. Something seems to be wrong in the world itself. And apocalyptic literature reveals how judgment and justice reorders the world. That it takes God's judgment and God's justice to, to bring the world back into the order that it was supposed to be in. Because somehow, somewhere, it, it turned into chaos. And it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And apocalyptic literature is not primarily, even though sometimes we think of it as a, a futuristic affair, but most of the time it's a present situation. So this is hard for us to imagine, but we, there's different ways that prophecy is interpreted. Sometimes people interpret it as, as it's kind of like a fortune teller. That's what a, a prophet does. And sometimes uh, people interpret a prophet as a seer, so they see, they see underneath the 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 way of the world and, and see the deeper meaning of things. But in scripture, and specifically apocalyptic literature, it's not necessarily a description of the futuristic affair, but it's a description of the present situation. And there's a criticism and an imagination. There's a criticism of the way the world is, and then there's imagination of what the world could be if God were to get involved.
That's a, that's a true biblical sense of prophetic scripture. Now, what also happens in apocalyptic literature is sometimes it's describing political situations that are going on. And you may have heard this before. So the book of Revelation is generally considered prophetic, apocalyptic prophetic literature. And what happens in the book of Revelation is some people, some people prescribe to this idea that it's describing a futuristic world. It's describing what will happen in the future. And that's certainly a Christian interpretation. But another Christian interpretation is that it's describing the present situation of what the people were going through at that time. And so the characters and the images within that story are describing uh, political leaders during that time. So, for example, uh, in a lot of the book of Revelation, many scholars will see uh, that Rome, Rome is represented or the king of Rome is represented in some of the more evil um, images that appear in that scripture. So there's some other things about apocalyptic prophetic literature that I think can be helpful for us as we look at Daniel today, too. Most of the time, apocalyptic prophetic literature is a critique against present empires or powers. So like with the book of Revelation being a criticism against the power and the empire of Rome. So in the book of Daniel, we look at what is this, what empire is this criticizing? Is it criticizing Assyria, like it says, or is it criticizing Babylon? And how is that related to the Israelites' time in the exile? So those are just some things we might think about. But here's some other things about apocalyptic prophecy. It's almost always uh, calls for some sort of hope for a new age or a new way the world will be. It's cosmic in nature. Uh, it involves the heavenly and earthly bodies. It calls for judgment against evil and justice for the righteous. And it is the final establishment of God's heavenly kingdom on earth. There are scholars who have said that the, the New Testament, the basis for the New Testament is apocalyptic literature, that all of the New Testament is apocalyptic in nature. And so you may disagree with that, but there are certain things that are going on in the New Testament that cause people to say there's something happening here that looks very similar to this saying something's wrong in the world. The world has to be made new. It's cosmic in nature. And the final establishment is of God's heavenly kingdom on earth. Jesus' repetition of the kingdom of God is arriving. The kingdom of God is arriving. But what is an apocalypse? An apocalypse... Uh, the Greek word for apocalypse, it comes from the Greek, is an uncovering. It's a re revealing of something hidden, uh, usually hidden knowledge. It's revealing hidden knowledge. So in the book of Revelation, it's apocalypse. It's revealing hidden knowledge. Some people would say about the future, but uh, some people might also say about the present political situation that's going on during the time it was written. So there's many different ways to read it and interpret it. So let's look at the book of Daniel, and we'll look at these questions as we go. What empires are described in the apocalypse of Daniel? What is being criticized? How is God involved in the apocalypse? What, and then we'll follow up with what empires exist today. What, what 
is has the power today that distracts us from from God's authority and God's power. And finally, how does the prophecy uh, from this book affect us today? So Daniel 7, 1 through 20. Daniel 7, 1 through 20. In the first year of King Belshazzar of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head as he lay in bed. Then he wrote down the dream. I, Daniel, saw in my vision by night the four winds of heaven stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Then, as I watched, its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a human being. And a human mind was given to it. Another beast appeared, a second one, that looked like a bear. It was raised up on one side and had three tusks in its mouth among its teeth and was told, Arise, devour many bodies. After this, I watched. Another appeared like a leopard. The beast had four wings of a bird on its back and four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw in the visions by night a, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth and was devouring, breaking in pieces and stamping what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that preceded it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns when another horn appeared, a little one coming up among them to make room for it. Three of the earlier horns were plucked up by the roots. There were eyes like human eyes in the, this horn and a mouth speaking arrogantly. As I watched, thrones were set in one place and an ancient one took his throne. His clothing was white as snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames and its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and flowed out from its presence. A thousand thousand served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood attending him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. And I watched then because of the noise of the arrogant words that the horn was speaking. And as I watched, the beast was put to death, and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. And for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season at a time. As I watched in the night visions, I saw one like a human being coming from the clouds of, he of heaven, and he came to the Ancient One and, presented, and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and kingship that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away, and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was troubled within me, and my visions of my head terrified me. I approached one of the attendants to ask him the truth concerning all this, so he said that he would disclose to me the interpretation of the matter. As for these four great beasts, four kings shall rise out of the earth, but the holy ones of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever and ever. Then I desired to know the truth concerning the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying with its bronze of iron and claws of bronze, and which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. And concerning the ten horns that were on its head, and concerning the other horn, which came up to make room for which three of them fell out, the horn had eyes and a mouth that spoke arrogantly, arrogantly and that seemed greater than the others. This is the word of the Lord 
from 1 Daniel 7, 1 through 20. There are so many Christian ways to interpret the book of Daniel. And that makes sense because Christianity has been around for a long time. And the book of Daniel has been around for a long time. And you may be unfamiliar with the way that I've talked about the book of Daniel and prophecy and apocalyptic literature today. That may make you uncomfortable. But I'm not trying to criticize your view, but I'm saying here's a way of reading scripture that uh, even though it may not be what we're completely familiar with, it's a Christian way of reading scripture and it can help us to interpret our lives today. So one more thing about this book. Uh, that final, uh, there's kind of a horn uh, uh, that rises up for this last beast in the book of Daniel. Uh, it has eyes and a mouth, and it's saying arrogant things. And we interpret that to be, uh, well, some of us interpret that to be the Hellenistic leader. So Hellenistic is Greek, uh, if you're unfamiliar with empires and uh, late or the early the change of the century the change of the era between 400 AD to just before Rome took over uh, Israel and all of that area we we have Antiochus Epiphanes who's this known to be this terrible terrible a political leader that really caused a lot of suffering for the people of Israel. And Antiochus Epiphanes ruled alongside several other leaders for the Hellenistic Empire, but he was specifically over the Seleucid area, um, the Seleucid Empire, which is kind of like Syria and Israel in that area. And if you read through some of the Apocrypha, you can get something more details about what Antiochus Epiphanes did. But the book of Daniel criticizes the Hellenistic Empire using the Babylonian Empire. So it uses past issues to criticize the current political leader and saying, hey, you're not in charge, Antiochus. We know who's in charge, and it's God, and he has a leader in mind for us, an anointed one, an appointed one. I think that's good news for us today. And you, like I said, you may be completely unfamiliar with this way of reading scripture and, and you may be frustrated and think, no, we're supposed to, there's a code to reading Daniel and you have to interpret it this way and it's a future telling. And that's fine, you could do that. But this way of reading reminds me that even though there may be people that rise up today that might cause me suffering even in you know in a in a workplace setting or in uh, in a political setting or wherever or not even me but just the our society or our culture in general or groups of people that rise up we can stand on this book of Daniel and Think back to what's happening. And remember that they're not in charge. God is in charge. God is the one that's in charge. And this, this way of reading gives meaning to our lives today. Even though we're a different context, 
even though it's not exactly the same. We can get meaning. We can understand God a little bit better. We can understand our, our role and ourselves as believers a little bit better. Um, and I hold on to that. But even though, well, you might say the person that rises up against your Satan, you might say it's a political leader, you might say it's something going on in society, like a virus or whatever. Even though those things rise up against us, they're not in charge. Um, they, will, they will fall away. God is the one that has the power. And I hold on to that, and I hope you will too. Well, thanks so much for joining me in this conversation about the book of Daniel, apocalyptic literature, and the Hebrew Bible in general, if you've been with us for several weeks. I, I think this is a, a topic that is close to my heart. I love scripture. I've dedicated my life to being a, a student of scripture and to searching for God in scripture. So thank you. I'm really genuinely glad that you've joined and been a part of this conversation with me. This is our last session of this uh, series on the Hebrew Bible. Following this session, we'll look at stories of, of people who have been called into a specific ministry or have been called into a general ministry. And specifically, I'll be looking at pastors for the Church of the Nazarene in the state of Georgia and interviewing them about their call experience. I hope you'll join me for that as well. I'm Josh, and I'm here at GFCN. And we're taking a little bit of the online world and reserving it as a place for you to connect to God, connect to your neighbor. So glad you've been a part of that conversation. I'd love and be honored if you would consider partnering with GFCN by giving or by volunteering. You can visit our website, www.gainesvillemaz.com to do either one of those things. Either way, I hope you're blessed. Peace be the journey.